Welcome to the Imagine Momcast. More answers, more Jesus, more fun. Hi, welcome to the Imagine Momcast. This is Elaine Kohanowitz, and I am so excited today to be talking about an awesome topic, which is twins, everything twins. And I have some great moms on with me who are going to tell us about their twins' experience because they all have them. And I have a ton of questions because who doesn't want to know about twins? Because it's so interesting and so fascinating and you just, you know, you can't even believe they survived. <laughs> it's awesome. <laughs> so um, I'm going to start out with uh, Jacqueline and she's going to tell us um, a little bit about herself, uh, the ages of her kids and how many kids she has. And uh, also maybe if your twins are identical or fraternal or anything else you want to tell us about it. Okay, um, I have four children. Um, my oldest is seven, uh, five, both girls, and then my twins are boys. All four kids are within three years and two months of each other, not wow. intentionally. Um, <laughs> and um, oh gosh, I forgot the other question. <laughs> oh, are they identical or fraternal? Fraternal. They look nothing alike. Blonde hair, blue eyes, brown hair, brown eyes. Olive okay. and fair, like polar opposites. People are often shocked they're twins. That's crazy. Wow. Okay, Lane, give us the scoop. Okay, I have three boys, um, and my twins are nine years old now, and they are fraternal. Just like Jacqueline, they look nothing alike. One's blue eyes and blonde hair and one is brown eyes brown hair wow um, and then i also have an older son who's 11 so three boys oh. crazy town <laughs> <laughs> boy mama <laughs> and susan tell us about your tribe i have four kids my oldest daughter is um 25 and i have a son who's 22 and then my twins just turned 18 so nice. there is hope can survive <laughs> all adults now <laughs> and your twins are a girl Real and a boy cool. yeah yeah so obviously fraternal obviously fraternal yeah <laughs> and might i say that we were talking earlier that susan and i have gone to the same church for a long 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 time so we both had our children when they were little in each other's classes and um so i just we kind of reconnected recently. So I remember your twins when they were little, you know, and then when I saw your son and daughter now, I'm like, Oh my gosh, they're like gorgeous. <laughs> like your son's so handsome. Thank goodness. Cause he's dating my daughter <laughs> and your, your daughter is just like a knockout. Wow. I don't know what you did to the gene pool there, Susan, but <laughs> I don't know what I did either. I mean, I'm not even fine. I can't remember if I gave her a camera. I might <laughs> some of those things you want to forget right. <laughs> okay so speaking of births let's start from the beginning first of all how did you find out you were having twins and what was your reaction uh, I've got a good one for that so I can start I didn't find out I was having twins until my I think it was 21 or 22 week ultrasound um, um 
for some reason, they didn't do an ultrasound at eight weeks and they only like did the heartbeat. And so they found one and just moved on. Um, so we went in and I remember thinking, cause it was what I thought was my third child. I've got a new ultrasound technician cause she's not landed on a baby. Like she just kept moving it around. And I thought usually they like just find the baby and they stop and they're like, there's your baby. So I thought, mm -hmm. great, I've got an amateur. And she goes, well, do you want to know this, the gender of your, of your baby? And we said, yes. And she goes, well, the first thing I'm going to have to tell you is that there's two. And my husband and I, like our jaws just dropped. I think she actually <laughs> thought he was going to pass out. And like multiple times was like, are you sure you don't want me to get you a chair? Do you need a chair? <laughs> so oh we were oh just... God dumbfounded. I, I honestly thought I'd been eating a lot more ice cream. It was a lot less healthy that pregnancy than my first two. So I honestly <laughs> thought that's what it was. Like I kept making jokes like, ha ha, it's not the ice cream. Maybe it's twins. So I think I jinxed myself. Wow. <laughs> that's hilarious. Oh my gosh. Well, when you've already got what you probably had, what, like a, a one and a two year old or something like that at the time? Um, yes, I think Corinne was, yeah. Yeah, that's it. That's right. I had a one and a two year old. So, so crazy. like, yeah, of course you're eating ice cream because what? you're going to have time to eat healthy. <laughs> did you I ever think like, how did the doctors not ever figure it out the whole time? Yes. No, I actually asked and she said, well, it's so rare that people have twins like unexpectedly, especially if they're not doing like IVF or something like that, mm -hmm. that she said, once you find a heartbeat, you wouldn't just keep looking because it's an anomaly. Like it's, it's really not common. So, um, and I, and I actually do have twins that run in my family and I was very aware of that with my first, you know, when you're like hyper, mm. like first pregnant, everything's so important, every fact and detail. But by the time three, I'd completely forgotten they even ran in my family. So <laughs> it was a shock. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. So um, the doctors called um, my twin pregnancy spontaneous twinning is what they said, because there's no family history anywhere of twins. And my wow. husband side, um, but we were able to find out at the eight week appointment. And um, I mean, you know, it's just a moment you'll never forget when, you know, similar, just like all of a sudden there's two babies and wow. we just at each other. Like we really thought she was joking. Like, why would she be joking about that? <laughs> <But> <laughs> my husband and I just couldn't stop like, no, you know, just just that shock factor. And I mean, it just carried on for weeks. I mean, we were just in shock and <laughs> I don't know, my coworkers still laugh because when I made the announcement, um, at school as a teacher, I said, I stood up, you know, and we were sharing, Oh, what happened over the summer? And I told, you know, I said it and I was like, it can happen to you. They just thought that was hilarious. <laughs> oh <my laughs> because I was just so shocked and, but yeah, and then we didn't find out um, the genders for any of my three boys, but okay. for the twins, it was kind of exciting. All the doctors were, you know, nurses were pretty excited because we didn't know what we were having. And yeah, um, I ended up carrying them full term to 38 weeks Wow, and no C-section. So it was kind of, I remember being in the OR in case one of them turned, you know, we would have to do the C-section, but 
I just remember seeing like nurses like in the windows just watching like they didn't know the sexes they were like wow it was a vaginal delivery and just everything so it was it was like a very none exciting. of this ever happens like yeah. everyone always knows it's always planned yeah yeah that's pretty awesome yeah you were you were like the star of the show <laughs> I guess. Might not be like the best position to be in to be the star of the show. No, it was not. <laughs> I suppose all the nurses had seen that before though. So it yeah. was fun. <laughs> yeah, of course. Susan, what about you? What did you think? Um, so yeah. Um we did have twins that run in our family and so there was always a chance and whenever my husband's sisters would get pregnant, I'd say you're gonna have twins and my big fat mouth got me them instead. So <laughs> But the thing about it is, is um, once I found out I was pregnant, I just really felt like this was kind of God's way of preparing me because several people said things to me about twins. And when I went for like my eight week checkup and they were just going to do an ultrasound to date it, my sister-in-law worked for the OB that I went to. And she's like, yeah, you're not having twins. Everybody thinks they're having twins. You're not having twins. And we go in there and um, David had met me that day. And I remember she went in here and she's like, here's one in a heartbeat. And here's two in a heartbeat. And my husband, he's a bald man. His head turned bright red. I mean, I thought he was going to have a stroke. Kind of freaked me out. I'm like, I don't think you should drive back to work by yourself because, I mean, he was just so freaked wow. out. And so, um, anyway, so, yeah, we were having twins. And from then on, we just, it, you know, it was not expected. If I thought I could have twins, I don't think I would have tried for number three because my husband's like, we got a girl, we got a boy, we're done. I'm like, no, we should have one more. And I think God's like, well, you want baby? Here's baby. You're going to have <laughs> Um, and you know my pregnancy really went I had easy pregnancies with my first two kids and I did vaginal delivery and I really wanted to do vaginal delivery with the twins and Mm -hmm. you know you do a lot of reading when you're having twins and I went to my doctor and I said well you know I've I've read that you know you could have to do a vaginal and a c-section and he's like oh I've been delivering babies for 20 years I've never done that well sure enough I delivered her his cord cord prolapsed and then I got a c-section so oh wow oh yeah. And my sister-in-law, um, the one that didn't think I could have twins, she was outside the room when I was delivering. And when it came time to deliver, she saw the anesthesiologist go by. So she said that to the doctor, um, telling my doctor to help. So she came in the OR. And after mm. my daughter was born, um, Katie or Cole just squished way up high in my uterus. My sister-in-law was straddling me on the OR table, pushing him down because he did wow. not. Wow. She was literally, yeah, it was kind of crazy. Wow. So now, wait a minute, let me get this straight. So was your daughter already out then? Yes. Uh huh. Yeah. I delivered her and then his cord prolapsed. So it came out ahead of him. So once that happened, it became emergency. And then they like, put your legs down, put your arms down, crank up the anesthesia, you know, anesthesia. And, and here we go. So then he came out that way, but he was like, so far up and once she was out he decided I guess he was staying and <laughs> picking him more he was staying so that was like they just couldn't get him out of there he was just so, so high wow yeah he was probably like wow I finally have room now like this is awesome <laughs> I'm staying <laughs> well you know he's a pretty big guy now so it's not too surprising <laughs> you know he was probably yes, like, and but you know and I made it um 37 weeks I had gobs of Braxton Hicks. I went and spent a weekend at Research Hospital, but nothing early happened. I just had contractions like nonstop. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but I made it, I think, 37 weeks. So then once I delivered in North Kansas City, I was very, I had a friend who'd had twins and she was working full time while she was pregnant and she made it to 28 weeks. And I remember, and her girl or her, she had a boy and a girl and they had a lot of issues. So she's like, the best advice I can give you is take it easy, do whatever you have to, to try to keep those babies in there bacon as long as possible because oh yeah, when they don't, you know, stay in there, then they're, you know, they're probably going to have to stay in the NICU the time it would have been to get to the end of the pregnancy. So I was very blessed to keep them in that long. Yeah. But I'm, I'm kind of short-waisted, so I mean, I looked humongous. I was huge. <laughs> you look like you were carrying several watermelons, huh? Right. That's right. <laughs> Pretty amazing oh, what can do, though. A I lot thought. of ice cream. <laughs> I kind of just remember, I, I had them July 25th, and I just remember the great thing was going to the pool, because like, I could be buoyant. Oh, I could go to that oh, pool and be no. Awesome. Better. I mean, I didn't have twins and I thought it was awesome. <laughs> yeah. So Jack, yeah. when you had yours, did, did you um, have yours pre- premature? I did. Yeah. We um, ended up having some complications. So at 35 weeks to the day, I um, went into labor and they were both breech. I had wanted to try oh, for... A vaginal birth because I had had one with both my girls, um, but it wasn't an option. Um, so they did an emergency C-section, um, which was kind of cool because it's like a very different experience because they've got the curtain and like you can kind of feel it, but not really. And they like literally cut babies out of you. I don't know. It's kind of amazing. Like the whole concept <laughs> of like- everybody should do a C-section. <laughs> Um, and then, um, afterwards I ended up hemorrhaging. So I had to go back in pretty quickly for an emergency surgery. Um, and then the boys got, I I think we were there about 10 days, maybe just, it was over a week, somewhere between seven and 10 days. Wait, 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 hold on, hold on. You, you hemorrhaged and you had to go in emergency surgery. Were you like, is everybody freaking out or? Well, so the boys ended up getting really sick. So like, it was just like, I feel like such an emotional water, like roller coaster that it didn't even, like, I don't even think it fully phased me that that had even happened. Like it was like the least of anyone's concerns. Um, Even when I think back, it's like, oh, that happened. Like I didn't even have like a chance to like process it. Um, So obviously though that, I mean, you didn't die. You're here. Right. right. Yes. Yes. They went back in. The the only inconvenience was I went from stitches to staples, which were horrible because it's like it, it, I don't know if they did it too tight or what, but it almost felt like they like tied me up too tight and like, I couldn't fully stretch out. So like, I mean, I, you said you wanted to get real, but I will say my first bowel movement, like it's always hard after pregnancy. Yeah. But this was like, I remember holding a pillow because I was scared I was going to like rip myself in yeah. addition to having to go. Th- it was like so, so traumatic. So for, for me, going poop was more traumatic than going back in and hemorrhaging. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but maybe because I wasn't, I was still looping. (laughs) I made it through both. I got out the other side. Um, and then one of my son's peers started 
I thought he was turning blue and I said something to the nurse and she was like, no, no, no. She just kind of wrote me off. Like I was being crazy. She was like, it's just the fluorescent lights. And I was like, no, I'm pretty sure something's going on. So I kind of started watching him more like a hawk. And it happened a couple more times where I was like, I'm not sure if he's breathing. Like, I think he's turning blue. So finally she was like, when you say that you've been wa- or watching him, like, was this like right after they were born or was this over like a couple days? So this was about, yeah, over a couple days. So this was about a week later and they um, like were in a, they weren't breathing properly on their own. So they were in an inc- is incubator, the right word? I think so. Um, so they were in an incubator and, um, so it was like, they were trying to get their oxygen, right. We were trying to get them to eat. It was like a lot was going on. And then, um, they ended up, Pierce ended up, um, getting meningitis. And so he had to be taken to a larger hospital. Luckily they ended up taking Jude, the second twin as kind of a kindness because, Technically, they weren't supposed to take two babies in the same ambulance. Mm-hmm. Um, it was so bad. They were talking about maybe like helicoptering them out. Wow. Um, and he was like not breathing. They were timing how long it was going. It was like all very traumatic. And oh, then we wow. were at the larger hospital for about a month, I think. And oh, um, wow. Jude Jeez. ended up also getting um, meningitis from... Um, so it was, and it was just like such an emotional roller coaster. It was like, as soon as one thing seemed a little better, there was something else. Like Jude even got tagged for, uh, I think it's SIDS, like the bubble boy thing where you have like an autoimmune deficiency. It ended up being nothing, but it was like, oh I just remember thinking emotionally, like as soon as I was like, okay, this thing's better, something worse would come up or another lab would come back. And it was, it was very... I ended up breaking out in hives, which I'm like, I guess because of the stress was so bad, which of course freaked me out because I was like, maybe it's contagious and then I can't see the babies, which only stressed me out more. Um, But it it was bad. I mean, we, I remember like talking to the nurses about like emergence, like um, getting a compassionate release on medicine that like wasn't yet available from the FDA um, as like testing things for Pierce because we weren't, we, he was really on the brink Um, and talking about like, my mom wasn't there. I'm originally from the DC area. Um, You know, if, if something did horrific happen, how long they could keep him on life support for her to like meet her grandson. So it was, it was a lot. And thank God. I mean, we, we prayed through it and we had people come visit and, um, I think having that community online of like believers and people that I just felt like emotionally and spiritually that were there for us just really helped during that time. Wow. Um, And they, they made a miraculous recovery, especially Pierce. Um, And now now when you say you had people online, was it, was it like a care group? On on Facebook, um, there was one particular friend um, who was Catholic and she would like post these things out like, um, you know, please pray for my friend. And she'd ask me for updates, like how we were doing. And it was just like such a small thing, but it just meant so much. Like before that, we weren't even that close, but she'd also had twins and they'd also been in the hospital. So I think she kind of knew how to relate because some people were just so overwhelmed by the whole thing and like 
the pictures are crazy. They've got tubes and stuff in their head. um, I think they just didn't even know what to say. Right. So I think just having somebody like saying, you know, we love you. We're here for you. Whatever you need, we'll pray for you. It was, it's the only thing you can do, I guess, but it just really was comforting. That's awesome. So what did you do with your other two kids during that time? Uh, So we went in between like the house and trying to stay at the hospital as much as we could. Um, It was, it was a lot. It was crazy. I feel Mm -hmm. like it was like a blur. Um, And one got released a couple days before the other, but luckily it was pretty close. So it wasn't too crazy, but that also got weird taking one twin home and having the other still at the hospital. Yeah. Yeah, you probably like our distance says survival mode. You probably don't even remember exactly who watched who when. <laughs> yes, no, I it was like such a blur. It really was. I I definitely remember at one point getting like bad news from the doctor and like calling my mother-in-law just crying like I need help. Like I just need somebody to like come cuz I need to be at the hospital. And I think that was I also couldn't drive because of the silly C-section. Oh, You're not allowed sure. to drive. Even right. though I was like, well, I stopped taking the medication, you know, so I can drive. And they were like, no, it's not a medication thing. It's like a ab strength thing, I guess. So like, even if you're not taking the medication, apparently you can't drive for like six weeks or something. Or I forget what it was. Maybe it was four, but it was yeah. very inconvenient because they're like 25 miles away. Oh, geez. Sometimes I think with that stuff, like, you know how they're always like, well, you can't pick up, you know, 20 pounds or 40 pounds or whatever after you have a baby. And you're like, yeah, I got all these kids. That's not going to happen. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that's yeah. a great Well, idea. and that's the thing is it's, yeah. I remember thinking like, well, then how am I supposed to get the car seat home? <laughs> right, right. Exactly. Wow. Yeah, but it, it worked out. They, they, they made it through. And then. They made it through. And, um really minimal long-term, uh, with meningitis, you can have like hearing issues. So we had some fear of that. Um, but they're, they're at a point now where they're pretty much cleared. Um, cause I guess the, the chemicals that they use to fight off the meningitis are so strong can kill the hairs in the inner ear. Mm. And so that makes you end up going deaf. Um, so yeah, but they they made it home, and now the the one that was the sickest is is a pistol. I mean, he is like my <laughs> other three children combined, like double <laughs> the efforts and the amount of patience. And I just sometimes it's almost good is the wrong word, but like there is a little bit of a silver lining where in the back of my head I think yeah. I fought for you. I prayed for you. Like, this is nothing compared to like you not being here, but it's like, yeah. ah, you're driving me crazy right now. Right. And maybe it's good to have that little silver lining because it's a good reminder. Yes. Yes. Oh my goodness. So, you know, what I think is kind of funny though, is that, so your husband's reaction was mostly like, what too? And then I think about like, but like in practical terms, um, the mom's usually the one that does most of the caring. I know it depends on the family and the dynamic and everything and it, whether she's going back to work or he's going back to work or, you know, all those things. But, um, but it's just kind of funny, you know, cause it's like, I'm the one who should be totally freaking out here. Not you. <laughs> but when you got them home, um, well, I'm just thinking about the husbands. That's why I was thinking about them because I was curious to know, when you got them home, you know, like what, 
was it like and how did you do it you know how did you handle it because I feel like one is so hard already like how did you do two and did your husband help you or did he have to help you because I know like I said it's different for each family with like my family I was at home so my husband did you know he went out kind of did the working and I did the domestic so I you know I was the one staying up at night because I could take a nap with the kids the next day or whatever but not everybody's situations like that, you know, and then I with twins. I mean, I just don't even know. There's I don't think you could have one person do it, probably. So what was that like? I, I was the one person who did it. I was like you two where I was a stay at home mom and David worked full time. And I mean, if I was he could tell when I was finally at my wits end, like I, I had to get some sleep, like I was going to jump off a bridge if I didn't get some sleep. So, yeah, but, yeah. But that was that wasn't every night by any means. I would stay up with them and I would I could sleep, you know, during the day. And the one thing about it is so I nursed my first two kids and then with my twins, I nursed Katie, but Colt because he was a little bit premature, he was kind of struggling with the sucking reflex. Mm-hmm. And so and they were both jaundiced. So they had to get the Billy Ribbon out and oh. ended up giving him some formula. Well, you know, usually once a baby gets formula from a bottle, nursing's a lot harder for them. So as it worked out, um, I would end up nursing her, but I would put him in a bouncy seat in front of me so I could give him a nurse her at the same time I was giving him a bottle. So it actually worked oh. out to be a little more efficient way to feed both of them at the same time. So you weren't yeah. feeding one, feeding the other. And so, but, and David would feed them and help with them, but he was a got gone. I mean, I just, it's kind of a blur, but also, um, I just didn't do anything else. I, I fed babies. I changed babies. I slept. I fed babies. I changed babies. I slept. That's all. I mean, wow. my household didn't, I didn't worry about that. And I have to say the really cool thing that happened for our family is I had a friend from church and she lined up meals for the rest of my family for a month. Oh, I didn't have to awesome. about how I was to feed the older kids or David. It was like the biggest blessing. That's, That's huge. Awesome. That is so huge. Yeah. Now, how old were the other two kids then? So um, Ashley was seven and Chase was four when I brought the twins home. Okay. And the other thing, so Ashley was already in school. Chase was doing the early intervention preschool. So he was gone about half the day, which was a big help too, that I wouldn't have him to try to, you know, entertain him and, and the babies yeah. too. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then mm-hmm. I have to say, now this could be wrong, but usually oldest girl is pretty helpful. Was she pretty she helpful was, when she uh, was there? She was. Yeah. And she, but, I mean, she was in school, but yeah, she was pretty helpful. Um, and Chase would help too, you know, if I asked him to go get a diaper or help out a little bit. So yeah. Um, when Katie and Cole first came or when Ken, yeah, Katie and Cole first came home, we had them together in a crib where you, you know, you snuggled them and put them together and they slept really good. And then, um, you know, they got bigger and moving around a little more Then we, they were in the same room, but separate beds until mm-hmm. Katie started climbing out of her crib into yep. his and he was my better sleeper and she'd get in there and start stepping all over him waking him up and that's so mine mine did the same thing that's funny they would crawl out and get in yes. the other one yeah so. oh gosh so then that was the end of the good sleeping yes well no Cole was so sleeper, but we moved him in with my, his older brother because he was probably two by then and so you know he could he would sleep and make Katie stay by herself yeah so did they sleep okay? Did do you remember them if they slept okay? Um, you know, I have to say this. I must be a really crummy mom because I never did get my kids to sleep through the night. 
until they were much, you know, at least six months or older. Oh and yeah, I, that's me. I, I they were like one. My husband would be holding me down with his hand, like, "Do not go get that kid." Oh well, and I can remember like when I was, you know, nursing one and feeding the other. I'd watch the teenagers coming in the neighborhood, you know, at twelve thirty one in the morning. I'm like, "Oh, here come all the teenagers, and I'm up here feeding babies." Put them back to bed. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. So they so they would just wake up, eat, go back to sleep, wake up, yeah. eat, go back to sleep. But you, since you were able to feed them kind of at the same time. Well, yeah. Also, too, I, I have to say this. My first two, I was terrible about rocking them to sleep and putting them to bed. And when the twins came along, I just couldn't do it anymore. I mean, we just couldn't do that. It took 45 minutes to try to get them to sleep. And that was when I learned, oh, guess what? You can just lay them down, turn that little music thingy on, walk out of the room, and they'll go to sleep. Wow, what a concept. <laughs> <laughs> Necessity is the mother of invention. Right? Yep. <laughs> what about you guys? How what was it like being at home and did hubby yeah. have to jump in or did you have any other help? I remember like Susan said, it's just a blur thinking about that time. Um so I'm a teacher and so I, I had my twelve weeks off and my husband's a firefighter, so oh, wow. he would leave at night. So I would be there by myself. I oh, shoot. that was for 24 hour, you know, shifts. And that was really hard. <laughs> just Especially at first when I was trying to breastfeed and get them to latch by myself in the middle of the night. And so oh, those were definitely some hard times. And then, I mean, I went back to school teaching full time and I was, you know, up all night and oh my gosh, <laughs> it, was, it was crazy. I, I don't know. You kind of look back and you think how you made it through it, but how many weeks did you have off of school? I took the full 12 weeks. Okay. So that's, but I had them in January. So I had to kind of go back for a couple months and then I had this summer at home with them. So oh, that's worked. Good. And I, um, my husband's family doesn't live close by, but my parents do. So they were able to help some, but I mean, you Nobody know it, helps in the middle of the night. Right. And when they come, it's just small doses because they just, I mean, a lot of people couldn't, you know, be around it and handle it. And mm. so anyway. Yeah, that's hard. Like, <laughs> I, I remember with um, my Ron, my husband, Ron, his aunt came and helped me with when I think my fourth child was born. And she was so amazing because she had five kids. So to her, it was like no big deal at all. Mm -hmm. But that was like the only time, you know what I mean? Like that was so rare because anybody else that helped was just, you know, like either didn't help much, like you said, because they were overwhelmed or, you know, didn't know what to do or or weren't there to help at all, you know? Yeah. And I don't remember, I don't know if you ladies, but I think, well, I'm pretty sure they've been recalled now. But we had the nap nannies. Do you guys remember those? Yeah, I think so. no. They were just kind of like the little baby recliner beds. And those were such a blessing to use for feeding at the same time and stuff. Because you could just lay them in there. And, um, but yeah, I think like Did, the bobos now. Did you have two of them? Is that Yeah. Right? So they each had their own little thing. that That was helpful for feeding and things, I remember. But, and did you breastfeed them through? Yeah, I did. But um, like Susan was talking about, they had jaundice. So mm -hmm. we, they had the light therapy blankets. Um, 
and then we had to do substitute with the formula too and yeah I wasn't just a I wasn't able to really keep up with production wise with both of them um and I like her also had one that would latch and one that wouldn't um so I think I I breastfed for I think it was like the first couple months and pumped and then mm-hmm. then uh we went to formula so yeah. man that would just be so exhausting <laughs> Well, and like, I'm sure they were the same way. You want to keep them on the same schedule so you're not feeding constantly. And that was, that was the key for me. It was to try to keep them on the same schedule of feeding and sleeping and all that stuff. Did it work? (laughs) (laughs) It took a while, but eventually we got there. (laughs) Yeah. That's awesome. Well, I mean, I think with newborns, that's so, so difficult anyway. And then times at times two, that's pretty hard. But that's awesome. So they finally kind of, everything does eventually settle down. So that's. Yes. There's hope. There's hope yep. out there. We'll, we'll settle down. <laughs> so um, I also, I wonder if that's common with twins. One of mine also had jaundice, but amongst everything else, it seemed uh, it it wasn't as big of an issue because it wasn't as like life threatening, but so he pierced the same one had a a light. Um, and with them in the, uh, such bad shape at one point, I don't even think they were getting formula. They were just getting like the feeding tube, which I think is like electrolytes or something. Um, so I ended up having to exclusively pump. I had breastfed both my previous daughters. So, at the time, it felt important. And I think, too, because they were in the hospital, I felt like I wasn't, you're a lot more helpless because you can't, like, hold them or do as much. You're just kind of watching. Yeah. Um, so it was something I could kind of take control of. Um, and I know that it can be very hard for a lot of mothers to exclusively pump and especially to get a production enough for twins. But mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. the one time my OCD helped, they told me, I'm trying to remember it was a thousand I had to hit and I'm thinking, was it a thousand ounces a day? That seems like a ton. So I don't know what it was a thousand, maybe milliliter. I don't know. A thousand something was the number that the nurse said hit. And I'm very good at rules. I was like, that is what I will do. So it was weird because I'd have to wake up in the middle of the night and pump, but like the boys weren't even there. I was at home and they were at the hospital. Um, some nights. So I ended up getting somehow by a miracle. I got my production up to where it was supposed to be. And um, they also were on for ended up going to formula and then to breast milk, but through bottles, which was kind of nice because my husband was able to help a lot more with my first two. I almost never gave them bottles or pumped. So he really couldn't do anything. So we ended up doing six hour shifts where one of us would go to bed really early at like eight or nine and then would stay up till like two. And then the other would wake up and then go to bed at like, um, I forget what the, what the hours were, but it was like, would wake up at like three or four and then go to bed at like, say, and anyway, so, but because of that, I actually had great sleep the first like year or so, oh, because wow. how often do you get six hours straight of sleep with a right, newborn? Yeah. So that system like really worked uh, for us. And he was able to give them the breast milk through the bottles. Um, and at that point, so I just, just wouldn't pump it that way then. Well, I eventually ended up 
nursing them, but we would also like during the time he was up at night would supplement bottles. Mm-hmm. So would you then first, pump during the day and so you would have extra and then? I think I just had so much extra from that month of them not necessarily having oh, a lot of it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so I would pump some, but not as much once they were able to eat. Cause I was kind of over it a little bit at that point too. Yeah. <laughs> um, and we, I used, I, I do remember, uh, the twin Z it's like this, it almost looks like a double boppy. It's like a very strange looking thing. Um, but it was nice cause it gave you back support and then kind of came around. So I did a lot of like double footballs, po- mm-hmm. like holds. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also when like somebody else was feeding them, it was nice. Cause it's like a double boppy. So you could stick them both in there and give them bottles at the same time. Yeah. That's awesome. That's so cool. I love that you guys all did different things. Cause I always want women to know, like, there's no one way, you know, like you do whatever you need to do to survive <laughs> because <laughs> whatever works. You just do that. <laughs> They'll be fine. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's cool. What other gadgets or like baby stuff do you guys used when they were little that was helpful? Was there anything? I, oh, God. I, go ahead, oh, go ahead. I remember that monster double stroller I had, like it had the car seats that clicked in and mine was like a front to back and I'd be coming through someplace and you just get out of my way because we're kind of. <laughs> That's the way I got to go. Every, I mean, I got to go everywhere. I remember um, when the twins were like six months, my mother-in-law had, was a, they were like snowbirds. So they would go down to Florida for three or four months and they invited us to come down. And I said, I'm going. And David's like, you're going to take two babies and the two big kids by yourself on a plane. And I'm like, yeah, I'm going. And he goes, okay, well, I, he had a, a meeting the next week he had to go to. And he goes, well, I'll fly with you there. But on the way back, you're going to be on your own. I'm like, I'm okay with that. I wanted to get away. So we were, <laughs> way awesome. back, I remember we had to stop in Atlanta and I had that giant stroller and I told the children kids, hang on to the stroller. We're going to go through the airport now. I am sure people that saw me when I came on the plane with two baby carriers are like, oh God, what is wrong with this lady? And why is she bringing four <laughs> children on this plane by herself? <laughs> uh, we did it. And they were, you know, they were like six months. So they were little enough that they were still sleeping quite a bit and you could give them oh, a bottle. Yeah. They weren't like climbing toddlers at that right point. yeah yeah my older kids were old enough that they could handle you know, they were really well behaved and we made it <laughs> that's awesome that's impressive yeah <laughs> it is you know you you think that you think about that like when I see that now because I had the double stroller and stuff because you know I have six kids oh, yeah. so I didn't have twins they were I had a lot of kids and you see you know women like that now and you're like wow <laughs> you know and you're like, how did I ever do that? I don't even remember. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, we had that. Like, sorry. Oh. I was just going to say, like, Susan was saying, I feel like it almost forces your kids to be better behaved because you can't, like, baby all of them. Like, the big kids have to just hold the stroller and walk. Like, I feel like they were almost, it helped them to, like, get more routine and structure because there was no other choice. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. Be, yeah, it's probably... What were you going to say, Lane? Oh, I was just, I, we had the front to back snap in that I just remember stores nowhere you could fit it. And we also had the side-by-side jogging stroller, which no one could fit. No. Yeah. It did not fit anywhere. And, um, 
And then we, I use the Bumbos some for feeding, but I think they've also been recalled now. The little was, seats. <laughs> oh yeah, the little seats. Yeah. But, you know, did you guys use the Bumbos? I wish we we'd have bumbos. that, but I don't think we had that when mine were little. Okay. Yeah. We didn't have a bumbo when mine were little either. The best thing we had was like just the little, the bouncy seat, which I don't even know if they use those anymore. And you could turn it on. It had a little vibrator you could turn on kind of in yeah. a little. That's kind of the best we got back in the day. Yeah. And the exercise. I have video of like my older kids feeding my younger kids in the exercise. Mm -hmm. Like sitting there spinning around and they're trying to get the spoon in. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Okay, so now they, they made it through the baby stage. So compared to like having a one child, not twins, you know, what was that like as like toddlers? Did, was there was there at some point when it became like went from this is so hard because they're twins to wow, this is actually easier because they're twins. Like they no. because they can like, you know, hang out with I don't each remember other. that, but I do remember other twins. <laughs> <No. laughs> Well, I felt like other twin moms would kind of lead you along a little in a deceitful way. They'd be like, oh, if you can make it to one, you'll be in good shape. Oh, if you can make it to three, you'll be doing good. Oh, if you can make it to five. And like they just kind of dangle this carrot if you just make it. And it never really gets a little better. But five does. Five finally gets a little better because they'll actually listen to you. You can actually go places, you know, in a store. I remember the one place that had the um, the double car seat was Sam's Club. Like that was the one place you could stick oh. both of them in the, you know what I mean? In the. Oh yeah. In the cart. Yes. And so that was. Oh, Costco too. But they had the a Costco. Yeah. Yeah. Double. Yeah. So. And Aldi. Aldi, when they finally got the bigger, it depended on the Aldi, but some of them had the bigger uh, carts. Oh yeah. 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 So I felt like by the time they got to be like four and five, it, it did get a lot easier. But when they were little, I think I just childproofed my house. Like our, we just had toys in our living room and anything like as far as plugs or anything that wasn't safe. We just didn't have it in our house. If it was a lamp, we just didn't have things like that. It looked kind of a little, it wasn't decorated cute. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> toys are cute. <laughs> yeah, I think pot, coming from the infants and diaper stage was the potty training. That was... You know, oh my gosh, how do you potty drink too? <laughs> ah. But yeah, just every stage just brought new challenges and um, all that the tantrums and potty training. And but did they ever have a tantrum at the same time? Oh, remember? yeah, they would feed off each other for sure. Oh, I don't gosh. know if yours were like that, but it seemed like once one started. And one was more kind of easygoing and laid back, and one was more high energy and just on the go all the time. So he would kind of rope in the other one, and they'd kind of get going together. <laughs> Double trouble. Yeah, I feel like that boys. toddler, that toddler age. One, the hard hardest for me was like, I mean, one toddler. You know, when they kind of have that like just run from you phase. Once they oh. realized they could split up. Cause it's like you're in the store and they just start running opposite directions. Oh, and it's like, there's, like, it's just, I feel like at that point I was like, I just am a mess. I need to own it. And it is what it is. <laughs> like, it's not worth me getting extra flustered over because every time I go anywhere, it's just going to happen. Like inevitably 
One's running one way, the other's running the other. My three-year-old's screaming and crying because I didn't give her candy or something. It's like, it just, it is what it is. Oh my gosh, that's so true. <laughs> I have to say back in the day, I wish they'd had like grocery store delivery like they have now. That would have saved a lot of heartache. Delivering diapers and formula or whatever you would have needed back in the day, you know, you had to go get stuff. You couldn't just wait around for it to show up. So that was kind of tough. I remember two things we did. One is our fireplace had like those fake um, fireplace logs at the little rocks in the bottom. So we just put a piece of cardboard over our fireplace and just duct taped it around the tile so they couldn't get in that. And then I remember this was my judgy parent thing. I remember going through, we had some friends and they had two boys that were about 14 months apart. And when they were little, they would climb on the kitchen table. They would climb up the chairs, stand on the kitchen table. So what they would do is they would tie a rope between all the legs on the table underneath so that the boys couldn't pull the chairs out and climb up. And I'm like, that's ridiculous. They need to teach those boys not to climb on the table. Well, of course, my big foot in my mouth, <laughs> do they climb on the table? So what did I do? I went and got a rope and I tied my chairs together. <laughs> Don't ever judge another parent and how they're parenting their child because that's when your kid will do it. <laughs> right. <laughs> Oh, that's crazy. Now you're kind of Jacqueline in the thick of it now still, right? Because they're four. Yeah, not even. They'll be four in September. Oh, so wow. They're, they're still three. Yeah. So so they're three majors. Yes, yes. <laughs> it, it, some days are better than others, but uh, I feel like two... I feel like we're kind of getting out of that three phase where like, like the true toddler phase where they yeah. don't communicate as well. And, um, they kind of challenge you. I feel like between like the end of two and beginning of three, at least for most of my kids was like the hardest year. Yeah. Um, I think that I feel like it's really important to be consistent and I'm a little ADD. So it's hard for me to always be consistent. So mm -hmm. like those trying years were like a test for everyone in the house. Um, but so now it's, it's getting better. They're, they're definitely one is potty trained and it was weirdly easy. Cause he's like oh, my wild cool. child and the other just refuses. Um, I don't know if it's related. He's got a hypospadias. So I don't know. Um, if it's related to that surgery or if he's just his nature, but I'm trying not to push him, but like he is getting up to four. So I'm like, at some point, like you can't wear a diaper to college, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Most dogs kindergarten, so you're probably okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, so basically like you need a halo because you pretty much had a three-year-old for like the last three or four years, right? <laughs> I didn't think of it that way. Yes. I have been hitting repeat on that toddler phase. <laughs> <laughs> I just think that is the worst year, man. And my first child was like baptism by fire. He was a rough three-year-old. <laughs> they always get you either at the beginning at the end. You don't, I feel like you never get a break. They're either really hard as toddlers or they're really hard as teenagers, which you don't get. There's, there's never like. That's teenagers. absolutely true. I agree. That's <laughs> true. I, it was with my own, like with my brother and sister. Like my brother was like a hellion as a toddler, but he was the perfect teenager. And I was like the perfect little toddler, but terrible teenager. So yeah. yes, it's how it goes. Yeah. You get it at the beginning or get it at the end. So hopefully, so that's one thing I guess mothers can be happy about. If they got it already, they might be good to go. <laughs> there might be hope. Fingers crossed. Yeah. 
Mm -hmm. so, I have a, kind of a question. I was kind of, and I don't know if you guys want to share this, but how old were you guys when you got pregnant with your twins? Because it seems like if you have them and it's not like IVF or something like that, it's usually the older you are, the more pregnancies you've had, that that's more likely that you ha would have twins. That makes sense because I think... I want to say after a certain age, you start, you're more inclined to release more eggs at a time. Yeah. Is that true? I, I think I've heard something like that. So that kind of makes sense. Because I was, um, I was 37 when I delivered mine. So I was older. It was already my, you know, third pregnancy, actually fourth, because I'd had a miscarriage before my first child. But um, anyway, so that's kind of what they said as the odds went up with each pregnancy. Yeah. And as you got older, I was curious. Yeah, I, I was 28. I guess when I had. So you were young. Yeah, you're very young. I was 34. Okay, so, so you're right. Yeah. Interesting. Sorry, Elaine. I didn't no, no, go ahead. Please feel free. <laughs> so, so what did you think, Blaine? Did you think that when they hit like five, like they kind of got easier? Because yours are nine now, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, to a point, yeah. Once they started school and um, then it's funny because just with each age, it's like, well, then they can start back talking. Oh. <laughs> you know, just like it just each age brings different challenges, I feel like, with as far as parenting. But so like Susan uh, says, you don't actually really get a break. It's just the problems change. <laughs> yes. It's di different worries, different different fears and yeah so are they friends do they have the same friends so yeah that's the interesting thing is they um they actually still sleep together in a queen size bed oh, wow. um, they they're the best of friends they're in sports together they play all the same sports um they still get invited to the same birthday parties you know i'm i kind of feel like this last year, I think one got invited and one didn't, but, mm -hmm. you know, so we're kind of getting to that age where, you know, they might start splitting on that end of things and it's like a package deal to invite the boys out, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, they're, they're pretty good. I mean, they've defended each other with things that have happened at school, you know, so it's neat to see them have each other's you know, we just really try to teach them that, you know, your brother's always going to be there for you. You know, these friends that, you know, might be, you know, being mean to your brother, they're not going to be your friend forever. You're, you know, so that's cool. It's hard. It's, it's hard <coughs> when they get, I guess they're going into fourth grade and just the whole dynamic of friends and school and everything. So I think it's, interesting to kind of I felt like our twins are my twins Katie and Cole are very close in fact they're going to college together next year which is neat for That's me pretty cool. like you like them to be together but they've always being girl and a boy they've always had their own friends but they've always had been really close to each other and that's mm -hmm. kind of I feel like a tough balance because you know they do have that twin connection but you also know they each need to have their own lives and as they get older and as adults they're each going to pursue their own things and that kind of made me think too about, you know, when they first go to school. And I remember with Katie and Cole, um, they're really young for their class. They're like July 25th. But when they could go that first year, they tested them and they both tested fine to go to school. In fact, 
I remember the parents' teacher's gal was like, um, I really thought I'd have to tell you to hold him back because I didn't think Colby and a boy would be ready to go, but he's ready to go. And it was interesting because it all went really well until about third grade. And Katie was in like Quest. So she needed to be where she was grade wise. Um, but Cole was struggling with reading that year and he ended up having an IEP and they got him caught up. And then ultimately he was a really good student. But it was just interesting to see. You can't really send one without the other. You can't mm. leave Hey, well, I'll send Katie and then I'll send Cole because then, you know, he'd always wonder, well, why did we're the same age? Why did she go to school and I didn't go to school? And so he made it through that, but it was just kind of, that's one of those kind of challenging things. And then, you know, a lot of schools, um, mine were fine being separate, but a lot of them want you to separate them once they get in school. Don't be in the same classroom. They need to make their own friends, but mm-hmm. twins always have a bond. Um, if they're, you know, fraternal or paternal, it doesn't make any difference. They just kind of got this connection to each other. So, or I, I'm sorry, um, fraternal or identical. But mm-hmm. they could that never is a really interesting point because it's almost like some of the decisions that you have to make, you have to make with them together in mind. Mm-hmm. Is what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, it is. So So I've always heard that about twins, like being in the different classes. Do you know why that they do that? I think they, I guess what the public school philosophy on that is that they want them to be independent. They want them to be their own people. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think some parents, you know, especially when they're little, you just kind of want them to have that relationship and depend on each other. There's something about a bond um, you know, that they typically have to each other. But I've also known twins that don't like each other at all. Mm-hmm. And that always kind of made me sad because I feel like they kind of started together and they need to stay connected. But but each, I think it's important that they each have their own things. It's kind of like with all your children. Like if everybody in the family plays baseball, you know, then there's kind of always this comparison. But if maybe one does baseball and one does volleyball and one does music stuff, or you know what I mean? Then they each have their own thing that they get to thrive in. And if they like the same thing, they do the same thing. But I just think it's finding that balance of them being connected as twins, but each having their own thing going on too. Yeah. Did you guys, did you experience that lane when yours went into school? Because yours are growing soon, but they're not quite that age, right, Jacqueline? Uh, mine did start preschool last oh, year preschool. Um, okay. because one has an IEP. So they, um, the first steps tested them in, um, which is another thing if children have, I don't, I, I think all states have first steps or something equivalent, uh, which I got connected through, through parents as teachers, but that is an awesome program. Um, that a lot of states have, and I think a lot of people aren't aware of, especially because I know twins are more likely to have some complications um, Mm -hmm. or potentially IEPs later. But we were able to get a speech pathologist that came to our house once a week for an hour, and then eventually a um, physical therapist. And it was very reasonable, like virtually free. And um, they came to the house. Awesome. You don't have to pack everybody up. And that was through the state. Uh, and that's through the state. Yeah. So just I would I would encourage people if you are having issues to really look into what's available, because I think a lot of people don't even think to look into the state and they just do it privately. And that can be very expensive to get those kinds of things. And then they also help you get into the preschool program, um, yep. because if your kids get an IEP, they get to do preschool for free, which times two is very nice to not have to pay for. And it's an awesome oh, program. Wow. Oh, yeah. So 
So the boys got into that. And uh, on the first day, apparently they got into a physical fight. And the teacher was like, they got into a physical fight. And I was like, I'm mortified. Because I have little girls. Like, I can't even imagine my girls doing that. So I was like, I don't even know what to say. She's like, but they were fine (laughs) by the end of the day. And I was like, okay, hopefully it won't happen again. And it didn't. Like, I guess they just, they had a little scuff. And now they, like, do their own thing. I mean, they are close, but they are wildly different. One's like a complete introvert and very quiet and reserved. And the other is like the most outgoing 110% all the time. Like we jokingly say he's going to be like in like the Marines because he just is like everywhere and like climbing things. And like, (laughs) like one time he took a shower with my husband when he was like really, really little, but like could stand. And he just started doing burpees. Like my, my husband was like, he would like drop down and then jump up. Like who just naturally does that? <laughs> That's cool. That's funny. Yeah. Sometimes with twins too, you have, they'll have that kind of fighting thing going on with each other, but nobody else can fight them. We can just fight each other, but we're going to defend, you know, each other from anybody else coming into that circle. <laughs> yeah. They have that. Yeah. Yeah, we have that for sure. <laughs> and they've well, always been good though that they're defending each other. Yeah. yeah. They've always in preschool it was just they only had one preschool room so they were together there and they did pretty well. But yeah, when school started they've been in separate rooms and I mean, I I think it's good for them to develop their own pers- personality and have their own friends and um they still can play together at recess and see each other at lunch. And, you know, it's not like they're being completely separated as a teacher. I've had it both ways, you know, I was wondering what you would say, cause you're a kindergarten teacher, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we've had, um, most of the times, you know, we do try to separate them. Um, but I've had a couple of parent requests that they wanted to keep them together. And what I've seen it. And again, you know, it's, hard being that twin parent versus teacher role but um in the case that i had the two twins one definitely did mother hen and try to do everything for the other one so Mm -hmm. you know it it did kind of cause some issues um but then then again i've had another set that did fine together in the same class but typically yeah they're they are separated just to start their own um, school journey, you know, on their own. It gets good for them. That's cool. This is really random, but um, just because I think people that are pregnant or have new baby twins could be listening, I feel like this is worth noting. I remember somebody telling me not to buy a bunch of matching outfits in the same size because you wouldn't know if your twins would continue to be in the same size. And I was like, that is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. They're babies. How could they not be the same size? So of course I ignored that advice and bought a bunch of matching outfits, <laughs> all of the sizes. Mm-hmm. And uh, lo and behold, they were never in the same size. Like mm-hmm. other than when they were preemie in like the little teeny preemie things, but pretty quickly one, like one's in a four T and one's in a two T. Oh, wow. So really? They're like very different in shape and size. So I would just say like, buy them as you need them. Like don't <laughs> buy a head too far because you never know. <laughs> That's awesome. Did yeah. you guys have any other advice like that? Things that you like discovered as you were going along? Like, oh, I wish I'd have known this. Like, 
I mean, I'm sure every every mom will tell you to try to just keep them on the same schedule. That was just key for us was, you know, having them nap and eat and diapering everything at the same time. Otherwise, you'll just spend all all day and all night doing that. But yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm sure that with twins, that's especially true. Like, just to keep your sanity, you might have to <laughs> institute that a was another thing with the boys being in the hospital so long that was kind of a silver lining was that hospitals are on a three-hour rotation. And so they just auto-do everything, like, every three hours. Mm, um, so it was kind of yeah. nice because it kind of naturally put them on a schedule. And like Susan was saying, I used to, I remember sitting there nursing my baby, like the first two until I'm like falling asleep. And it was like all night, every night. And with the boys, it was like, okay, as soon as I can put you down, like you're just laying down and I'm putting you in bed and walking out of the room. And it was like, I guess necessity because there was two of them and I had to do it and I had to sleep. But right. It didn't even dawn on me to try that with the first two. I like babied them so much more. But with the twins, I was like, no, nope. <laughs> figure it out. Good night. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm like a not very scheduled mother, but like at some point, you know, I know with you guys, it was twins with me. It was just having multiple children. You know, at some point, it's it's like just to keep, you know, on the level, you have to have some sort of organization. <laughs> <laughs> otherwise like you said you're just drowning in i need this i need this i need this i need this like every minute of the day you know and you're like okay that's not this time <laughs> we're not doing that right now <laughs> so that's really cool so i just any any uh, words of wisdom from from moms of twins with for any any you know especially looking back like so like susan you've got older kids and you know they're they're getting into adulthood now, which is very exciting. But um, yeah. like, was there any times like during them growing up that it was just like a little bit crazy, or maybe you would have done something a little bit differently, or or any great good stories that you remember of them? Um, I can't really think of anything I would have done differently. I just. I told my husband I doubled his odds that one of the four are going to like him when he's older. So, yeah, you're welcome. For <laughs> but yeah, I just can't think. I mean, I have to say this. It was, it, you know, because I have the two oldest ones. And once they graduated, it was cool to still have these two. And, you know, what, what I found as a parent with my kids raising them, you know, when you have your very first baby, you get to just focus all your love and energy and attention to that one baby. And then you take another baby and you think, how could I ever love another baby as much? But you do. But then you always have to spread that. So the thing that's been kind of cool now that my older two are out and being adults and doing their own thing in college and work and jobs and stuff, I've been able to just really focus and have this opportunity to focus on them. But they don't really know any different because they always had to share mom with everybody. You know, and that's, I think, the mm. one thing that I learn is, you know, you can't really, you can't really be a twin and be selfish. You got to share with somebody all the time. Or, you know, even when you have multiple children, they have to figure out how to get along and and have those relationships with each other. And so I can't think of anything I would change or that I would do different. Um, you know, we kind of, the joke in our family with Katie and Cole is, you know, good twin, bad twin. Like Katie's the good twin, Cole's the bad twin. And so she's got to go to college with him and make sure he stays out of trouble. But <laughs> secretly, I think Katie needs Cole to watch her. 
So, <laughs> you know, we kind of joke about who's babysitting who while they're away at college, but I'm sure that they'll do really fine. And the thing that's kind of cool, um, they've always had a little bit of um, a competitiveness, but I've always tried to keep it positive. Like when Katie could write her name, Cola, Katie can write her name. So then he's like, oh, well, I want to write my name. And so then he, you know, worked harder to do things like that. And I feel like they kind of always challenged each other a little bit in school. I didn't harp about it every day. I wasn't, I didn't want it to make it. I just wanted them to find success, but they kind of pushed each other a little bit. And then, you know, once they got to be older, like middle school, high school, they did it themselves. I wouldn't have to say anything. They just kind of like, did you get this? Did you get that? You know, in school and how did you do on this? Yeah. So it was kind of, it, it was a very healthy way. I don't think you should make your, children by nature be competitive with each other but I felt like it was kind of a good way for them to each challenge each other and it made them both be successful as students and athletes and stuff like a little little peer pressure yeah yes that's awesome yeah and they were both I mean like so Cole played football I don't know what other what other sports he's played but he's been very athletic, right, over the course yeah. of time. He played baseball when he was younger, and then he played football through high school. And he was very involved with, like, um, FFA. He was the FFA. He was the president his junior year, and then he was junior advisor his senior year. So he was real involved with FFA, and that was something that, that he did really well. And then Katie is a really great volleyball player. I would say she's probably more athletic. Um, she probably could play college level d2 but she didn't want to do that she just wants to go to college and have fun now so that's mm. what she's so. yeah and she was um prom queen wasn't she, was she? The prom queen. yes yeah yep. so that was pretty cool yeah well and it's always kind of a challenge too because cole was on like the homecoming court he didn't win the homecoming king but he was on the court oh okay i didn't know that your mom and you go through those type of things in high school you're like oh they need to both be on there they need to both be on the oh court. yeah and, and but that just kind of boils down to learning in life that you don't always get the same things. You just don't. Yeah. yeah. Well, they're both really uh, academic, aren't they? Yes, they both. Yeah, they're both 4.0 students. So I've been wow. very, has been, had some good brains for the gene pool. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there was contribution on both sides. <laughs> That's impressive. Wow. 4.0. That's cool. Yep. So is there anything, Jacqueline, that you would, you would share that? Um, the only thing that comes to mind is to just really give yourself grace. I feel like no matter what age you're at, especially cool. with twins, it's just so hard to compare because, you know, there definitely are similarities. Like, like I feel like when I first got pregnant I, or, or had a baby, I was like in a mom's club, you know? But uh-huh. then I feel like there's like also like a multiples club. Like if you ever find out somebody has multiples, you're like, yeah. I'm, I, you can't probably, I guess people online can't see me. I'm like doing the eye to eye thing, but it's yeah. like, you just get that like, it's almost like going to war or something. Like you've been <laughs> through the trenches, like you've earned this like extra thing of like, you're a multiples mom, like, but um, During I think like there's, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I think there's just like so many ways of handling situations and gadgets you can buy. And it's like, same with a, with one kid, you know, you don't necessarily need all the things. I think if you're loving and you try to be as patient as you can and do whatever your kids need, it's, it's going to work out in the end. Um, so I would just say, you know, 
you can have a bad day or a bad hour, but that doesn't mean like the kid's life's bad. It just means, you know, like we all have had moments where I'm sure I, I definitely have where, you know, I raise my voice or I do something that like I would totally judge another parent for, but sometimes <laughs> it's like, it is what it is. I am, it's my sanity or like, I'm going to raise my voice a little or do something that I wouldn't normally do or wouldn't think is kosher or cool, but like, yeah, it just needs to be done because life's got to happen. And when you have twins, it's like, life's just like, I don't know. It's like everything comes at you faster. Everything's double. The pregnancy's double. Like you're bigger ever. Like everything is just double. I mean, it just is like, I feel like the cramps were double. Like mm. I have had good pregnancies, all three, but it was still like, I just felt like it was like harder to move around. Like you're just so physically large, harder to yeah. sleep. The birth process was double. Like the raising them is double. Like it, there are a lot of similarities also having girls that are 16 months apart, like where they're close yeah. and they banter and they're, you know, but it is still different because it's like those specific things like potty training or just being two. Mm-hmm. Like they're doing it at the exact same moment. So just, I would say, just give yourself grace. Like this too shall pass, you know, whatever. I've always tried to keep in mind, like it's a phase, whatever it is that's driving you crazy that you're like, this is the worst thing ever. And I can't imagine my life. Like, like, yeah, ah. yeah. It's like it will pass. It will pass. It'll be something else, but this one thing will pass at least. Like <laughs> don't get too fixated on it. <laughs> that's a really great message yeah that that is a great message you know you probably should let my neighbors talk to you guys about what how I was as a parent because they probably have a lot better stories than I do but my neighbor that lives behind (laughs) us kind of sideways to us and I remember him coming up to the front door one day and I the twins are on the backyard we had a fenced in backyard area and he comes up and goes um well, they're both out there now and Cole's diaper's off and the dog's eating something as it is a diaper. I'm like, they're in the fence and make her. What's the problem? I'm waiting to call CPS and come pick up these two little monsters. That's how they're like, they're in the backyard. What's the problem? They want their diapers on. Who cares? Yeah. <laughs> I think it's dishes. I think it's hard for people to just wrap their minds around like what we've experienced and, you know, it's just, it's hard for them to understand, I think, what what it's like. <laughs> but it's definitely taught me just more patience, for sure. That would be my, and just how you think you can't handle something. But it really, you know, I've taught taught my husband and I both that, you know, we can, we can work together and, and you know, get through it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Because, yeah, it definitely takes so, so much grace. I hope that it's not only a good message for people that have twins, but even people that don't have twins. Like, you know, when things are going crazy, just think, what if you had twins? You know, like there's there's a, some comes at a point where you you have to let some things go, you know, because you really just you can't handle it all. So why guilt yourself, you know, when when, you know, just think of that mother out there that's going through that three-nager stage and they have twins. <laughs> I remember I had a neighbor once when all my kids were little and my house was always, I mean, like, you know, I kept my bathrooms clean and my kitchen was, you know, you put the dishes away and I kept things semi-clean, but my house looked very cluttered. There were toys out all the time. And I remember one of my neighbors came over and she was, you know, she was kind of a neat, you know, a clean freak where she cleaned and vacuumed every day. And 
she'd come over and she'd try to say to me, well, I appreciate the fact as a mother that you just let things go so you can spend time with your kids and that's what you focus on. And I think it was a compliment in a roundabout way, like, yeah, your house looks like a tornado hit it, but <laughs> you're a good mom. And I, you know, all the best, that's the best I could give. <laughs> I've definitely gotten comments like that too. Like my house looks very lived in. I think this is what yeah. I've gotten. But at the end of right. the day, it's like, would I rather do the dishes or go out and jump on the trampoline with my kids? You know, like yep. what are they going to remember? They're not going to care if the dishes are sitting in the sink for a day. I'm, I'm not going to lie. I don't always do the dishes. Some days I do right. and some yeah. days I don't. But I do try to like make those experiences and those memories with them. Because at the end of the day, I think that's what's the most yes. important. Yes. That's awesome. Yeah. Like I, you- I, you know, with my, my youngest two being 18 and I'm getting ready to be an empty nester, um, give you guys some hope that it'll be here someday is that I don't have any regrets as far as the time I spent with my kids. I let stuff go all the time and I'm going to get to have a clean house pretty soon, but I'm a little bit sad about it. Yeah. 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 That's so true. And I don't like, I was telling them actually before you got on season that, you know, I'm not an empty nester yet, but sometimes I already feel like it because I've already got three going three gone now this year. I have three left and it, yeah, it's, it's been, it's been hard. You know, it's been hard yeah. watching them all. I think with like all the sports practices and the games and, you know, every night you're running around doing something, but, you know, you're going to miss it someday. It's yep. what I always tell myself, you know. <laughs> yep. So true. Well, one thing I will say, though, that has been a, a revelation for me because you you think about your kids like turning 18 and then they grow up or whatever, but like realizing like you don't ever quit being a mom. Like, you know, I have a 21 year old. How old's yours oldest, Susan? Um, oh, let's see. Ashley's 25. 25. Yeah. And I mean, I know you see your kids all the time because Riley tells me that you guys are really close, but I mean, and my kids still live close and they still want to, get advice and go out to lunch and have coffee and go do, you know, things together. And it's crazy. Cause you're like, Oh, okay. I guess, you know, 18 isn't the end, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> parenting adults is hard. Yeah. I'm telling you that twin thing. I know you guys are still kind of in the storm of raising twins and it, it is tough. So you just have to appreciate it one day at a time, but parenting adult children, whew, it can be a bit of a challenge, but they're finding their way. And I have a four-year-old granddaughter, which I'm like, oh my gosh, how did I ever do four-year-old twins? Because I have her for like a day and she just wears me out. <laughs> I think I would, this would be easy for me. Well, thank goodness we were young then. <laughs> That's right. Younger, younger. <laughs> Well, thank you guys so, so much for joining me. Uh, It was so awesome to talk to you. And I know it's going to be really encouragement to a lot of moms. So um, thank you and enjoy your twin journey. Thank Thank you. you. (laughs) Thanks for having us. And thanks, Susan, for all your... Oh, I, both of you. I feel like I've I've got some, like, encouragement for the other side. Like, (laughs) I'm really... Now I'm, like, focused on five. I'm like... Can five come soon enough? (laughs) Amen, sister. (laughs) All right. Thank you, guys. We're going to say goodbye. Okay. Thanks, Elaine. Bye-bye.
Thank you so much for listening today. I hope you really enjoyed this episode. And if you did, please share it with a friend. And make sure to visit us at our website at imaginemom.com. Also, I have a book coming out soon, so get ready for that. I will be letting you guys know more details. And you can also join our free Facebook group at Imagine Mom on Facebook and also our group on Instagram at the same name. So hopefully we'll see you there.